Welcome to Tardi Mechanachiomi. My name is Adina Schmidman. I invite you to join the OU Women's Initiative live in person in Israel on Friday, January 20th for a street photography tour in the Old City and a full day tour with Rabbi Nit Shani Targan on Monday, January 23rd. Sign up at ou.org slash women slash nach 23, ou.org slash women slash nach 23. Stay tuned for other Sifri Nevi'im CM programming and the launch of Sifri Suvim and Tehillim. And now for today's Perak. Welcome to Torah Imecha, Nach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Norma Mintz, and today we will be studying the final Perak of Micha, Perak Zayin, the seventh chapter. Yesterday we learned Perak Vav. In Perak Vav, Hashem begins by asking the mountains and hills to serve as witnesses to his testimony, in which he berates the nation for their lack of recognition for all that Hashem has done for them. Micha tells the people that they mistakenly believed that they could correct their ways by insincerely bringing korbanot, or offerings, but that Hashem wants their true commitment, and he specifies three acts that reflect a true dedication to God. To do justice to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. However, unfortunately, the reality is that societal trends are lacking considerably at this time, and the people are steeped in corruption and lies. Michad describes the punishments they face, that, that they will face, rather, as a result of their misguided behavior. Parak Zion begins with a cry of anguish. Alalayli, ki hayiti kaits, ki alalot batsir, Woe is me. I am like the last pickings of the summer fig harvest, like gleanings when the vintage is over. There is not a cluster to eat. My soul yearns for a ripe fruit. In these troubled times, Micha seeks the upright people of his generation without success. Rashi understands that he is specifically lamenting the fact that he serves as an avi to a generation in which the righteous cannot be found. Micha, a prophet who lives in a rural setting, once again uses agricultural imagery to expre- express his ideas. The books of Navi frequently compare the people to, of Israel to a vineyard. And here, its barrenness reflects its spiritual lacking. The Psukim describe how the people lie in am- ambush to trap one another and even to shed the blood of others and how different forms of leaders be they judges, officials, or noblemen, are mired in bribery and greed. Micha states that even the best of the people is compared to a thorn, causing pain to others. And in the fourth pasuk, Micha references Yom Mitzapecha, the day of your expectation, which seems to mean the day they have now come to expect, as based on the dire warnings of Micha. In Sukim 5 and 6, Micha appears to give advice to people of his generation for how to manage their current reality, and its implications describe a reality of completely broken human relationships. Al ta'aminu bereya, al tiftechu ba'aluf, mishkevet chikecha shmor pitchei picha. Trust no friend, rely on no intimate, be guarded in speech with her who lies in your bosom. Kiven menabel av bat kama beima kala bechamata oyev ish an sheveto. For son spurns father, 
Daughter rises up against mother, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law, a man's own household are his enemies. This is not merely an environment in which people play favorites and do not treat everyone equally. Individuals have no one to trust, and there is no kindness or intimacy in interactions with others, regardless of the closeness of a connection. In response, Micha turns to the only one on whom he may rely during this twisted time, Hashem. In Psukim 8 through 13, we find the nation of Israel speaking in the feminine singular, arguing with its enemy. The voice calls out that while she will fall, the enemy should not rejoice as she will rise once again, as Hashem is a light for her. In Pasuk 9 of this speech, Bnei Israel takes responsibility for its wrongdoing. Za'af Hashem esa ki chatatilo, arasher yariv rivi va'asa mishpati, I must bear the anger of the Lord, since I have sinned against him. Until he champions my cause and upholds my claim, he will let me out into the light. I will, indi- I will enjoy vindication by him. This pasuk is a recognition that the nation must suffer the consequences that it has earned, but that this will atone for their misdeeds and they will emerge from the darkness into light. And yet... Which enemy is the nation addressing, actually? Rashi assumes this is Bavel and Rome, the second of which Radak identifies as well. These opinions both assume this is not only a prophecy for Micha's time, as Ashur was certainly the most aggressive enemy throughout Micha's tenure. This is especially interesting because Pasuk 10 seems to allude to a very specific event in the Assyrian assault on Yehuda. The beginning of the Pasuk in our parak reads, when my enemy sees it, she shall be covered with shame. He who taunts me with, where is he, the Lord your God? In Perak 18 of Malachim Bet, Chizkiyahu is king of Yehuda, and he faces a mighty enemy in the empire of Ashur. Ashur had exiled the northern kingdom of Israel during the sixth year of Chizkiyah's reign, and it was the major superpower of its time. In Chizkiah's 14th year, Sancheriv became the king of Ashur, and he launched an attack on Yehuda. He sent his officers, including Rav Shakeh, to intimidate the king and the nation. Rav Shakeh was a masterful manipulator, and he taunted the people, listing the many nations whom Ashur had already pillaged, asking where the god of those nations were, and asking how Bnei Israel could be so foolish to trust in their God when Ashur could not be stopped by any other force. In our parak, it seems that this story is being referenced in Micha's prophecy, whether it is specifically referencing Ashur as the enemy who is speaking in this pasuk, or the pasuk is representative of an enemy who may exist at any time, denying the plausibility of Hashem's protection of his people. In pasuk 11, the enemy appears to continue taunting the people, stating that the day of salvation is far, but in Pasuk 12, Micha responds to the enemy's rhetoric, asserting, Yom Hu, that day exists. And he proceeds to explain how the time of Hashem's retribution will indeed come, during which Israel's foes will be expelled from their lands. At this point in the parak, the tone changes, as Micha delivers two tefillot. The first takes place in Pasuk 14, in which he beseeches Hashem, to return Bnei Israel to its earlier state of closeness with Hashem, when he shepherded them and protected them. 
Hashem seems to, re- seems to respond to Micha's tefillah in Psukim 15 through 17. First, he reassures the nation that he will show them wonders, as he did in the time of the Exodus, as was seen in the days of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and he describes how he will punish Bnei Israel's enemies. As Pasuk 17 describes the nations licking the dirt of the earth like snakes, the Radak explains that this describes the humbling of these enemies and their recognition of Hashem's true power with Bnei Israel as his people. The final three psukim of Sefer Micha are another tefillah by Micha. These are words of consolation and hope, emphasizing the eternal nation, nature of Hashem's relationship with us. In fact, in the Sifrei, a Midrashic work on Sefer Dvarim, Chazal explained that the Nevi'im learned from the structure of Moshe's speech in Sefer Dvarim to begin with harsher messages, but to conclude with Nechama, with words of comfort. The tefillah of these final psukim may be familiar, as they are an iteration of the 13 midot of Rachamim, or mercy, of Hashem. These psukim are used multiple times in tefillah, particularly on the Yamim Noraim, and most notably, they serve as the core of the Tashlich service, and we now will consider why this is the case. Of course, this is not the original set of Hashem's divine attributes. Hashem first taught them to Moshe following Chet HaEgel, the sin of the golden calf. While I have never personally learned it inside, I have seen others discuss that the Zohar calls that set the lower ones, whereas Micha's set of the 13 attributes are called Tlesar Mechilin Derachamei Ilain, the 13 tiaras of supreme mercy. And they refer to the mercy that Hashem employs when he is pleased with Bnei Israel, as opposed to the undeserved mercy that, he, that is employed only from a sense of compassion. There is much that can be said about these psukim that is beyond the scope of our podcast. Indeed, Rav Moshe Cordovero's work, Tomer Dvora, is dedicated to explicating these 13 attributes and describing how we may emulate Hashem's character traits. I will, however, try to provide some brief ideas to understand this special construction. Mi kel kamocha. Who is a God like you? This rhetorical question emphasizes Hashem's uniqueness. Of course, there is no one other power like him. Nose avon, who bears iniquity. Hashem pardons sins with the Malbim explaining that he bears them. That is to say, he holds on to them, avoiding punishing immediately, giving us more opportunity to repent. The over al pesha, and passes over or overlooks the transgression. Hashem himself grants us forgiveness for our sins as opposed to having a messenger manage our wrongdoings. The she'irit nachlato, for the remnant of his inheritance. Here, we find Micha's final mention of Hashem's beloved she'irit, the remaining steadfast members of Bnei Israel following the wars of Gog and Magog, when those who are not loyal to Hashem will be punished. This she'irit will be present in the time of Mashiach ben David, and this midah emphasizes Hashem's deep love for us. Lo hechazik la'ad apo, he does not retain his wrath eternally. Even though people may not be deserving of Hashem's forgiveness, he grants it to them rather than holding onto a grudge indefinitely. Ki chafetz chesed hu, for he desires kindness. Hashem is abundantly kind, which is at the root of his great mercy toward us, and he also loves to see our acts of kindness to others. Yashuv yirachamenu. He once again will, will uh, he once he will once again be merciful to us. 
This midah emphasizes Hashem's openness to the repentance of those who have sinned previously. Rather than judging a person's return to failure, Hashem shows even greater mercy to those who recommit to goodness. Yichbosh avonotenu. He will suppress our iniquities. Hashem will not allow the consequences of our sins to impact the rewards due to us for our good deeds. And cast into the depths of the sea all their sins. A Jew is not essentially changed as a result of sin. And as such, through the process of tshuva that Hashem affords us, sins may be thrown off and cast into the sea. It is interesting to note that the tefillah of Tashlich derives its name from this part of the tefillah, as cited by the Ramah in Orachayim 583, Sif 2. The last verse that um, the last verse that comprises the thirteen midot harachamim is also recited at the end of the Uval Zion Tefillah each morning. Titen emet Yaakov, grants truth to Yaakov. Hashem promised Yaakov in Bereshit twenty nine that he would never forsake him. So here we are confirming Hashem's covenant to us, which he will uphold. Chesed la Avraham. The pasuk continues that Hashem should grant kindness to Avraham. Rashi explains that Hashem will confirm his promise to Yaakov through the fulfillment of Avraham's accorded reward for his great chesed, or kindness, which he also commanded his descendants in Breshit 18. In addition, this midah may be describing Hashem's granting chesed to the descendants of Avraham. I will stop for a moment to mention the obvious omission of Yitzchak's name in this pasuk, Ibn Ezra asserts that this omission was because of context. Micha did not want to mention Yitzchak, the father of Esav, from whom Edom, orig- Edom originated, in the discussion of Hashem's unique relationship with us. Regardless, Yitzchak is most certainly included in the continuation of this pasuk, which states, Asher nishbata avotenu, As you promised an oath to our forefathers, Hashem promised to each of our avot that he will grant them Zerah, descendants, and Aretz, the land of Israel. This promise is immutable, which means that Hashem will never permanently abandon us, even if we may deserve it, in the merit of our forefathers. Me make hedem from ancient times. Even should it ever become possible that we will exhaust the merit of our forefathers, Hashem will still show us mercy based upon the merits accorded to our nation from the beginning of its history. Rabbi Yaakov Beasley looks at the psukim from 14 through the end of the parak and notices an intriguing set of parallels that ultimately underscores the appropriateness of using the end of this parak for our service of Tashlich. Rav Beasley points out that there are multiple linguistic parallels between the end of Parak Zayin and the 15th parak of Shmot, which is Shirat Hayam, the song of the sea sung by Bnei Israel after Kriyat Yamsuf, the miracle of the splitting of the sea. Just as our Pasuk 19 begins, Mi Kel Kamocha, who is a God like you, the Shirat and Shemot states, Mi Kamocha, Bailim Hashem, who is like you among gods, Hashem. Both texts describe Israel as being Hashem's Nachala, or inheritance, and both describe the Niflaot, or wonders of Hashem. In Micha, the enemies of Israel exhibit Pachad, fear, and Pachaz, trembling, much as the Egyptians do in the Shirat. Finally, in Shemot, the Egyptians yardu bimsolot kamo aven. They sunk down into the steps like into the depths like stone. And in our parak of Micha, we also find our quote unquote enemies, so to speak, sinking bimsulot yam to the depths of the sea. But in this case, it is our sins that sink. 
Rav Beasley therefore argues that the enemy mentioned here, perhaps throughout the parak, is not the other, not a foreign nation, but the enemy is our own selves and actions, our Yetzirah. As such, we turn to these psukim during Tashlich, rending ourselves of our sinful inclinations and casting our sins to the depths of the waters. Thank you for the opportunity to contribute to your Limud HaTorah, to your learning experience and your journey through the books of Tanakh. Throughout Sefer Micha, we encountered two primary motifs, those of the requisite judgment of a corrupt people and of Hashem's promises of renewed future based upon his unending love and compassion for us. Like a loving parent, God holds us accountable, but no matter how far we stray, he will always love us and await the day when we can find our way back to him. I hope that you found meaning and purpose in your learning of Sefer Micha, a book that holds within it a great deal about our relationship with Hashem. Thank you for studying together the Eloi Nishmat Riva Schwab, Rivka Bat Alexander Sender.